Skylar Kingry here and Tara Kingry here, Sozo Mountain Ministries. You're going to live forever, but do you have eternal life? That is the question as we talk about true salvation. on this episode as we talk about true salvation. The truth is that uh, you're going to live forever, but there is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain, but there's only one way to heaven. Jesus tells us in the Word of God, the Bible, that He is the truth, way the way, the, the, truth way the truth, and the life. Amen. And so we have to understand what is true salvation. And so there's a lot of a lot of people in the body of Christ that want to preach Jesus plus, say, baptism, Jesus plus this, Jesus plus that, Jesus plus a work in order to be saved. I know, and I'm just going to touch on just Jesus plus baptism today, but um, you guys can reach out to me or us, and we can dig into some of the other false teachings about what does the word say? Let's let's back it up with the word of God. But I want to tackle one of the one of the teachings. I, you, as you, hey, I'm, I'm, <clears throat> the Lord is upgrading. Okay, we're doing the iPad. Okay, praise God. So one of the te- if you say G- if you say it's Jesus plus baptism, well then you might as well just stay in a bath bathtub because you're going to constantly. Am I wrong? <laughs> because you're constantly. <laughs> going to be uh, falling short. The Bible tells us that you, we've all have fallen short of the glory of God, right? Amen. So, but like, so the word glory there means doxa, which means view and opinion. So, and I'm going to cover, I'm going to touch on this, what I felt like the Lord gave me revelation on, on that scripture. But one of the scriptures, one of the scriptures that I'll touch on that, and we'll touch on the all have fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, and that means that glory means doxa in the in the Greek means the view and opinion of God. All have fallen short. That's why we needed Jesus. So law couldn't save us. Okay, so one of the false beliefs that baptism saves, and, and is, and we're going to touch on a lot. Some hang with me here. We're gonna uh, we're gonna go some places. But the, Mark sixteen sixteen says, "He who believes." And is baptized will be saved. People stop there that believe this false doctrine. But it goes on to say, but he who does not believe will be condemned. It doesn't say he who does not get baptized, right? It says he who believes and is baptized. Okay, it's a natural when I was saved and I believed in the Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord and then you shall be saved. We heard some rustling in the background. Hopefully, may y'all. I don't know if y'all heard that, but um, it, it, then you shall be saved. Okay, and then it goes on. Romans ten thirteen says that anyone that shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not baptized, but is baptism important? Absolutely. Jesus. I don't want to discount baptism at all, but we want to talk about that baptism does not save. What is the truth about salvation? We're going to dig into that. But the truth about this scripture here is Mark 16, 16. Those that have used the scripture says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Well, it goes on to say, But he who does not 
believe will be condemned. So if the, the key there is if you don't believe, if you don't believe in, the, in Jesus Christ. Another scripture, another scripture, 1 Peter 3, uh, 20 through 22. Now, a lot of people will use this, but this is out of the Amplified. A lot of people will use this scriptures in here to, to say that baptism saves. But hang with me. Let's 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 dig into First Peter three, twenty through twenty two says this says, an amplified version says, who once was dis were disobedient when the great patience of God was waiting in the days of Noah. First of all, the great patience of God that God waited on Noah. That's a whole that's a whole different topic. But that's awesome right there. During the building of the ark, in which a few that is. Eight persons, which was Noah's family, who were brought safely through the water. Corresponding to that, rescue through the flood. Baptism, which is an expression of a believer's new life in Christ. And that's what the, the a baptism, the truth of the Word of God, is baptism is a, I call it an identity. You're identifying, you're, you're dying to who you were and you're rising a new person in Jesus. And so, it says, now saves you, not by removing dirt from the body, but I, but, and this is the key to the scripture. Many Christians, and unfortunately, that have been taught in the body of Christ, stop when it says, now saves you. But they fail to go on to read the next following, the next, the following scripture. It, it tells what this is about. But not by removing the dirt from the body, but by an appeal to God for a clear conscience. That's what the baptism is identifying, demonstrating what you believe to be yours. You're no longer, you're no longer dead in your sins. You're now alive in Christ. And now baptism, you're identifying with being buried with Jesus and now raising to life with, with Him. And so you're demonstrating what you believe is yours. It's ours in Jesus Christ. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone to heaven and is at the right hand of God. That is the place of honor and authority. That is huge. Okay? And with all angels and authorities and powers made subservient to him. But it's for a clear conscience. You're no longer caught in your sin. You're no longer dead to God. You're now alive in Christ. Amen? Amen. So that's uh, hopefully that puts to rest just a couple of scriptures that anyone that wants to believe it's it's Jesus plus baptism, Jesus plus this, Jesus plus that. That's not true. Let's dig into what the truth of the God is of the of the Word of God is about true salvation. So I was this Christmas. <clears throat> I was uh, digging into a little bit about uh, Luke. Luke 2, 1 through 14. Um, it's talking about Jesus. And of course, uh, the birth of celebrating the birth of Jesus. But Luke 2, 1 through 14, verse 1 says, Now in the days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census may be taken all of all that inhabited the earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all people were on their way to register for the census, each in his own city. Now Joseph also went up to, from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, 
to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of God, or I'm sorry, of the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was to betroth to him, be, be betrothed to him, and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. <clears throat> in the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood there, stood near them, and and the glory of the Lord shone, shone, shined around them. They were terribly frightened, and so the angel said to them, "Don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people." And today in the city, hold on, time out. Not just some people, all people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you, for you, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared the angel and the multitude of of the heavenly army of angels praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. The, the, what I want to bring out here is Luke 2.14. That was the uh, New American Standard Bible uh, translation. The modern English version says this, Luke 2.14, glory to God in the highest and on earth on all earth, peace and goodwill toward men. So I started reading this, and I felt like the Lord was saying, because of the birth of Jesus, prior to that in the law, uh, if you pretty much if you law to sum it up, do what I ask you to do with 613 commandments, or, or else the curse falls on you, right? Do this, and you get blessed. Do, don't do that, and it's a curse, right? And so Jesus is saying, listen, I am sending my son, Jesus, to, you know, he's prophesying. What he's saying right there, he says, glory to God in the highest, okay, and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. It's my view and opinion because of Jesus. He was prophesying his future. If you translate that, go back to what I said earlier. I, I told you I would go back to that. It says, uh, uh, all have fallen short of the glory of God, view and opinion of God, mean, meaning the law could not save us. Nothing that we did could save us. But right here, the Lord was prophesying, saying peace and goodwill towards men because of Jesus. Look what the birth of Jesus did. Praise God. That's awesome. So you have anything to add on that? You want to talk about that for a minute? Oh, I was just thinking about... Um, that scripture you keep bringing up, where it says, for all, like if you literally translate it, then it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the view and opinion of God. So we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the way God sees us, right? And so if you're yep. born again, he sees your perfect born again spirit. Yeah. Um, and for us, when we are falling short of how he sees us. That means we're not seeing us the way he sees us. Yeah. And when we don't see ourselves the way he sees us, 
we are our mind is focused in the wrong spot yeah amen so that's so good and that's and that's what honestly takes us back to uh, when he was declaring, it, it's it's huge in Luke two fourteen. He's declaring right there. He said, "Peace and goodwill towards men. Goodwill towards men." So that even brings about like anybody that says, "Well, um, this cancer or this bad stuff is happening because of uh, because God put it on me." No, no, that's not true. Because if if you're a believer, then he's saying peace and goodwill toward all men. Yeah. He's declaring my will is good for you because of Jesus. And cancer doesn't cause peace. Nope, cancer doesn't. it's not goodwill. Yeah, amen, amen. And if you think it's his will to give you cancer, then why would you fight it? Right. If you think it's his will to make you sick or to, t- to teach you a lesson or for whatever, whatever unscriptural reason, right. you know, based off of a, really it's a twisted view of, of scripture, honestly. True, it is. A lot of it's taken from Job, which Job, as we know, at the end of Job, he said, oh, I was wrong. I thought that God was this way and putting this on me. Yes. Now I understand that there's, you know, yeah. <laughs> that it's yeah. not God that was doing that to me. Yeah. He didn't have a, uh, he, he admitted in uh, Job 42, verse 3, that uh, he was wrong. So anyway, I've I done a whole teaching on that. And so I'll reference that at, uh, at the end of, down in the description. And so um, I want to I talk about for a minute, though, all good points, honey. All good points. Praise God. So I want to talk about so salvation. So what's what gets what's Christianity different than any other religion in the whole world? Every other religion in the whole world is about what you can do for God. And unfortunately, the body of Christ has taken on that for themselves, which is completely wrong. Trying to keep the law, and I'm, and I'll cover this, of course, in later teachings, but. Um, They've taken on this mindset of what can I do for God in order to please God. Nothing. Jesus did it all. Matter of fact, every other religion is about what you can do for God in order to get this. What you can do for God in order to gain this. Because we couldn't. Yeah. That was the point of the law is to say there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, <laughs> you it need says, a savior. Amen. It says in James, actually, matter of fact, if you couldn't keep just one of the laws, that you were guilty of them all. So even the body of Christ, I don't understand because the law was actually not even made for Gentiles. And who's a Gentile? You know, it, it was it was made for actually the Jews. And so for the body of Christ to want to keep people under the law actually makes zero sense. Again, we'll cover this at a later point, but just hitting on this, I don't, we don't have time to get into all that yet. But right, the so, Judaizers. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, and that's that is where like the Judaizers in the Bible were coming in and trying to say, "Oh, it's Jesus plus this." That's it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're like, "Oh, well, maybe that's for us too," but it's not. You have to really understand the context of that. Acts fifteen talks about some of that too. Also, Galatians. Paul's talking to the body to the Galatia. Galatia, and uh, but we'll dig into the. We're gonna go through a walk through Galatians as well, but. Um, Man, such good points. It's, we're hitting on it. I know that, but um, and we'll cover that at a later time. But that's so that's so huge that it's Jesus, Jesus alone, faith in Jesus, the finished work of the cross. We rest in the finished work of the cross. So, my question: So, what is salvation? That's the question. So, what is true salvation? When I say every other religion, uh, it's all about what you can do for God. Jesus. That's what's so powerful about Christianity. God sent His only begotten Son, John three sixteen, 
and we're going to dig into John 3:16 and uh, 16 through 18. So we're going to talk about not only 16, 3, 16, but 3, 17, and 3, 18. God sent his only son, okay? That is the difference that separates every other religion because God became man in order to relate with us, take on everything that we've ever suffered. God took on rejection, pain, sin, disease, everything, and bore it all. It says in Galatians 3, 13, he took on the curse. Every man is cursed who hang him on the tree. So he took on the curse for us to redeem us from that curse. But let's let's dig into John 3.16. John 3.16, modern English version says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes, whoever, I'm a whoever, you're a whoever, believes in him should is not. Baptized? Nope. Oh. Nope. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. What's eternal life? We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get. Hang on. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. If you're feeling con- condemned, He didn't send His Son. And people think, well, that's they're, they're, God is putting that on you. That's condemnation. That's not from God. And what's it say in Scripture? It says He didn't send God into the world to condemn the world. It goes on to say, but that the world through Him might be saved. That word saved there is a Greek word sozo. Same thing as uh, the Lord helped us with the name of the ministry, sozo, meaning saved, healed, made whole, and delivered. Praise God. It's all-encompassing. So, he who believes in him is not condemned. But the one who, that, who does not believe is condemned already. If you don't believe, you're condemned. That's pretty simple. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That is huge. That is huge. So it doesn't say, it doesn't say um, is saved and baptized. Right? It doesn't say saved plus. Just simply if you believe, then you're saved. Saved means sozo, which means saved, healed, made whole, and delivered. All encompassing. So anybody dealing with that, anything, anything. You're delivered from that. You know what I really like? Um, Somebody once said, if you're preaching the true gospel, you're going to have people saying, but what's quoted in scripture is what? So I can just go and sin and, you know, grace will increase it because I'm saved because so who cares? And that's where Paul was saying, no, by no means you died to sin. Why should you live in it any longer? Yeah. You're when you're a new creation and your mind is focused where it's supposed to be on spiritual things, the law, all of those things, sin and nothing you know, none of that is in the forefront of your mind because you're focused on heavenly things. Your mind is seated with Christ. Yes. You have the mind of Christ. Yes. When you keep your mind renewed to the word of God, then you're not focused on things. You have to think something first before you do it. Amen. So <clears throat> that's good. Yeah. I that's just good. feel like that's important because when you hear the true gospel, it is, you know, it is the too good to be true. It's the good news. Yes. Amen. Yes. And so, you know, and I think that's important to know that, you know, we're not just saying, oh, well, you know, you can just do whatever because you're saved. That's not, and, that's not the case. And I want to, 
that's that's awesome awesome point i mean because that's what so what's so good about the good news that's what one of my questions so what's so good about the good news it means that you're it, it's all encompassing and that's that was huge that's huge that's awesome praise god you know so i want to say this I, I wrote down here the church a lot of the church the body of christ unfortunately has have used just jesus being born and his sacrifice was just to forgive us of our sins and go to heaven and is that true that's only part that's only part we're missing a whole other what he did what jesus sacrifice is his, his his death burial and resurrection came to restore us back to relationship eternal life he calls it right here in john three sixteen. he says he whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life so what is so the question is what is eternal life so again remember this that what is being preached a lot of places i can't tell you um, put a number on it but i can tell you in a in a majority of, of places i can say this with certain because i heard it that it's only just forgiveness of sins but that's not what scripture says is, is, is that part of it sin got in the way of um of us and our relationship with god okay sin stood in the way so what jesus did he took care of sins to forgive us of our sins and then restore us back when we believe restore us back to eternal life which is a relationship and i got proof of that check it out john 17 3 defines what eternal life is this is eternal life that you may know the one true god the, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's awesome. Hold on. This is eternal life that you, they may know. They may know. I'm sorry. They may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That is huge. That is eternal life. And that word know there means, means intimate, like a marriage, like I know my wife. Okay? This, same, this word was used. Adam knew Eve, and they conceived Abel, right? And so, Cain or Cain, Abel first? I don't know. I don't remember which Cain or Abel is first <laughs> right now. But <clears throat> listen, praise God, they conceived, okay? They conceived a child. The point of the matter is offhand, I don't remember offhand which one came first offhand, but um, uh, praise God that, so <clears throat> God wants us to know him intimately like a husband knows his wife. Amen. That's so huge. And don't let me let me backtrack and say this. I don't want to discount what that Jesus sacrifice on the cross, you know, is destroying all the works of the enemy. Absolutely. Hebrews 2 tells us that he destroyed all the works of the enemy, sin included. Praise God. That is huge. But that is only a, 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 just off the top um, of what God did. He came and he restored us back to right relationship. So sin no longer stood in the way of us and God because now God lives inside of us when we believe and we can have that one-on-one -on -one relationship. Christ inside us, inside of us. Galatians 2.20 says, Paul in Paul says, it says, it is by, uh, was it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And now the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So it's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me and through me. Okay, the life that I live, I live, I live by the faith of Christ who lives inside of me. Praise God, that is huge. And so um, John uh, 17, 3 in the Passion Translation says this. 
Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God. And to know and to experience Jesus Christ as the Son whom you have sent. That is huge. To know. That's eternal life. So God, Jesus, that is true salvation right there. Romans 6, 17-23 says this. But thanks be to God, before you were slaves to sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of teaching to which you were entrusted and have been freed from sin. You became the slaves of righteousness. So we're freed from sin being sinners to being now slaves to righteousness. We're no longer sinners, okay? We're saints. We're saved by grace and we're now right righteousness righteousness of Christ Jesus, okay? It says right here, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of the flesh, for just as you have yielded to your members as slaves to impurity, iniquity, iniquity, leading to more iniquity, even so now yield your members as slaves of righteousness unto holiness. For when you were slaves to sin, you were free from righteousness. The righteousness had no part of your life. Okay, but now what fruit did you have? <clears throat> what fruit did you have then from the things which you are now ashamed? The result of those those things is death. But now, now, having been freed from sin because of Jesus, having become slaves to God, and slaves is not a great is is a uh, is <clears throat> whatever you whatever you give your life over to, you're a slave to. That's just the bottom line. I'm a slave to something. I'm a slave to Jesus. Okay, Amen. It's not like I'm. He's like a taskmaster, whip, taskmaster, whipping me, telling me that I'm, I'm, I need to do this. I need to do that. He just gently we, we communicate. He leads me by beside still water. Psalm 23. Okay. He leads me and guides me. I hear his voice. How to be led by the Spirit of God. Um, I, I let God lead me. Okay. And so whatever you're slaves to, that's what he said. You can be slaves to. You can be slaves to something. Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus is is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. So, uh, but now, having been freed from sin, having become slaves to God, you have fruit into into holiness, and the end is eternal life. What's that eternal life? Relationship with God to know Christ. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's huge. Romans 3, that's the gift of that's the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's huge. Praise God. And it is okay, Romans 3, 10 through 11 says this, and it is written, There is none righteous, no not one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks after God. That's <clears throat> that's why seeking Jesus is so that's that's Jesus is so important because Christ inside us creates that urge, that sense of wanting to go after him. But understanding, he's saying, hey, listen, you know, no, there's not one. You couldn't do it in of yourself. You have to have Jesus, okay? Romans 3.23 goes on to say, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Remember, it's going back to what I was talking about earlier, that word, uh, word glory, that doxa. And so my, my wonderful wife, she... Uh, Explain that beautifully. James 2.10. <clears throat> Remember what I said earlier <clears throat> about 
there's many in the body of Christ who want to <clears throat> keep people under the law and they want to say it's Jesus plus baptism, Jesus plus the law. You have to keep the law in order for God to be pleased with you or to get God to do something. <sighs> James 2.10 really covers that really well. That's what I was talking about earlier. It says this, For whoever shall keep the whole law, yet offend in one point, is guilty of breaking the whole law. That's huge. So that's saying right there, if you don't keep, if you don't keep the whole law, then you're, if you don't keep the, all of the law, if you break just one point, then you're guilty of them all. And so, <clears throat> but Jesus saved us from every everything. And so, because as no longer... The law, and we can get in this, we'll get into this until a later teaching, but I'll say this, the law was not for Gentiles, it's for Jews, again. <clears throat> and unfortunately, the body of Christ has fallen, a lot of the body of Christ, not everybody in the body of Christ, but a lot of people in the body of Christ, they've fallen back into the, into the, you have to keep the law in order for God to be pleased with you. No. Relationship says, I have right. I am in right relationship with you, Lord, because I believed. And I let you guide me. And I, I want a relationship with you, to know you, to love you. And that's eternal life, to know the one true God, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> John, 1 John 2.2, 2, New, uh, New American Standard, or, uh, yeah, New American Standard Bible, says, and he himself, so, he who himself is the full propitiation for our sins. Propitiation means full payment. Think about this. We could not save ourselves. Otherwise, the law would have been sufficient. Okay? Uh, if the law was sufficient, or if the law was enough, we had to keep the law, then... Jesus came to die for nothing, and that's not true. Jesus is the full propitiation, which means full payment. Think about this. Jesus, say you ran up a bunch of credit cards, and you're in debt, up to your eyeballs, you're floating, you don't know how to get out. <clears throat> Jesus came and paid for everything for you. You had the death penalty. Say you owed some mafia people. They're coming for you. Well, you know what? Jesus came to pay the price. Because you're no longer a slave to the, who you used to be. You're now set free in Christ Jesus. He paid the full payment. And so not... So I'll read that again. And He Himself is a full propitiation for our sins. And not our sins only, but also the sins of the whole world. The whole world. All we got to do is believe. The whole world. The whole world. Um... Some translations in that scripture, I want to dig into this just a little bit here. <clears throat> so, um, some translations say he himself is a full, they'll say atonement. <clears throat> and propitiation is the better, is the more correct term because propitiation is the full payment, the complete payment. The, uh, the uh, <clears throat> atonement means, so the... Uh, in the Old Testament, they would make sacrifices for the year, and they would atone, which means they would that payment of the animal sacrifices would be good for that whole year. 
they would remember their sins and make the animal sacrifices and that would erase their whole year of sinning and so they would make their payment that was a type and shadow of Jesus to come so now we <clears throat> now it's Jesus once and for all but uh, that uh, word atonement is just that that was only short term in the Old Testament but now propitiation means full payment so atonement as some translations say that that's not not correct in the Greek it, it's it really translates as as full payment as a propitiation so <clears throat> um, I want to go on to uh, Romans 10 9 uh, Romans 10 says this, says, If <clears throat> confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, and he raised, he, he believe with your heart that God that raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And Romans 10, 13 says, goes on to say that everyone that shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to take this opportunity to, to pray with you right now. It, this is true salvation. True salvation is Jesus alone, His full propitiation, His full payment alone saves. Just because, and it's in Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, If you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord and was raised from the dead, you shall have eternal life. You shall have eternal life. You shall be saved. You shall not perish, but you shall be saved and have eternal life. Then it goes on in Romans 10, 13 that says, Anyone that shall call upon the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, shall be saved. I want to I ask you right now. <clears throat> it's not Jesus plus this. It's not Jesus plus anything else. not Jesus plus keeping the law. Jesus plus baptism. Jesus plus anything. True salvation is believing in your heart that Jesus came to die for your sins. Propitiation. Not just die for your sins, but die to restore you back to right relationship with Him. Because He wants to come inside you and live inside of live inside you and wants to have a full relationship with you. If you believe that, I just want to pray with you right now. I just want to pray with you right now. Lord, Anyone watching this, Lord, I just thank you and praise you, Lord God. Lord, we just confess with our heart and believe in, believe in our, we just confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, Lord, that you, you have died for us to restore us back to eternal life, to bring us to live in us and, and lead us and guide us, Lord. Lord, we give our whole lives to you, not just some, but our whole lives to you. Lord, that, thank you, Lord, that you have, have 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 set us on the right course to have eternal life, Lord. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.